Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. Yep, you got it. That equals the big 5-0. Three mamas, three wives, three entrepreneurs who happen to be friends learning the ropes of being 50. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics and experienced guests, we invite you to be a part of aha moments of learning, inspiration, and of course, lots of fun. We're excited to do what girlfriends do best, chat from the heart. Hey, I'm Lori. I'm Shannon. And I'm Lisa. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to She's a 10. I'm here with Shannon and Lori. And okay, ladies, it's number five. We're at number five already. Number five, baby. Five and going strong. I love it. We are having such a good time. Thank you for coming back and listening. And if you're joining us for the first time today, we have been asking at the end of each episode, what do you want to hear about? Give us ideas. What topics are interesting to you? And one topic that we keep getting feedback about is, who the heck are you ladies? We want to know about you. So, I don't know. We've it must be crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a good it's a good show just to say who are we? We're all 10 times 5, so we've got some stories to tell. So we should just kick it off with maybe our families. Perfect. Should we talk about that? I Lori, like why don't you tell us about your family? I will gladly tell you about my family. We are quite possibly the modern family before the modern family was <laughs> invented. And uh, I met my husband in the Bay Area. We've been married 20 years. And through that relationship, got two amazing stepkids who were also now married. And they have kids. So that makes Uh-oh. you a goma, we've heard. A goma. A goma. Yes. I, I will not... I will not state claim to being a grandma yet. I just turned 51 this year, so I'm just not there yet. So we call Goma. I love it. That's such a great nickname. That's a new one on me. Yeah. I've heard that. Mama on the go. Anyway, my husband and I, we have two terrific sons. One um, is college age and the other is in high school. And we moved to San Diego from the Bay Area probably when my youngest was just about three months and we've lived here ever since. And there you go. There That's you go. That's us, baby. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is us. <laughs> That's your family. That's I love family. it. All right, Shannon, lay it on us. All right. So I am originally from Seattle. So yes, slightly crunchy and into the environment and all the things that go with Seattle. I love that. But we moved to San Diego, what, 17 years ago now? And our son is 21 years old now. So he was four at the time. And I have been married for, we'll be celebrating. 25? 25 years this year. Yeah. Yeah. How did I know that? I don't know, because I was just doing the math in my head. Is that- <laughs> I have ESP. Yes, you no, do. I think, I, think you, I think you mentioned it to me one time. Yes, so, um, yes. I, and I, you know me, I've got ADD, but I'm extremely focused on stuff like that. So Yes. And how about you, Lisa? Well, uh, I'm from San Diego, actually, the East County area of San Diego, and um, so is Sean, my husband. We uh, He grew up out in... All the Alpiners out there, oh, out in the country, country. They didn't even have a stoplight. And so... Did you drag race? No. <laughs> it was a little I just, bit. I just got a visual of like, yeah. I don't know, the outsiders or... Footloose. Yeah. Oh, footloose, <laughs> yes. It wasn't quite farmland, but, you know, just rural, rural. I can um, see you, Lisa, the girl with the scarf, like having him say go. Can't you just see her? Like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I could, actually. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. 
so anyway, we both grew up in East County and um, went to the same, same high school, went to our proms together. We didn't date necessarily in high school, mostly in college. But yeah, then we stayed in San Diego. We always knew that this is where we wanted to stay and raise our families because all of our extended family was here. And so we were very, very fortunate to be able to do that. We have three amazing daughters. I don't we all think our kids are amazing, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> but um, I love being a mom of, of girls. I mean, I was a tomboy growing up. I was very much like my youngest. Um, I was a girly tomboy. But if I was only going to have one, I'm really glad I have girls. <laughs> I just love it. And I was definitely meant to have boys. Yeah. yeah. I could. Yeah. I'm a boy mom, but I could see myself being a girl mom too. But well, You know what? Maybe yeah. you'll have a grandbaby that's a girl. Let's hope I'm a Goma with girls. <laughs> my mother love boys too. My mother in law was the uh, had four boys, and almost all her grandchildren are girls. So it's amazing how the world works. It is amazing. So you know, another thing that makes us really different and unique are our backgrounds. So let's talk about that a little bit. So Lori, you want to kick it off with your background? Yeah, my background is by and large a hairball. Just gonna just gonna tell you. So I was a recruited athlete in high school, and that was back before title. Five or nine, nine or nine. title nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't give a lot of money to athletes. And I felt that was really important in my decision making. So I had never been further east than Utah until I set foot in New York for the first time ever at a place called the United States Military Academy at West Point. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And you were just a little girl from Southern California. No, I wasn't just a little girl. I was also class clown and they called me California Sunshine. And it was pretty daunting when I set foot. And I'll never forget because my dad, he actually escorted me out there and they got us in a room and they said, say goodbye to your son or daughter. You're not going to see him or hear from him in three weeks. And I remember my dad looked at me in panic, and he said, you don't have to do this. I said, oh, I, said, oh, I got this. Aww. Anyways, and as soon as the parents left, it was like, get against the wall. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? Wow. So I did West Point for four years and uh, trudged through that. There weren't any women then. How I mean, many were there? I, I think there were less than 10 graduated women classes before me. So that'll just tell you. And now there's, you know, 30, 40. I, I don't even know. Did I just age myself again? <laughs> <laughs> how many? Who's so how counting? many men? Like how many men okay, versus so women ratio? It, I'd be curious. It, well, that you know, everyone asked me why would you go to West Point, and I, I don't want to tell my sob story about I wanted free. I tell them it's ten to one odds, and I like to blow shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Checks two boxes, <laughs> two big boxes, right? So for every woman back then, it was it was about ten, and we brought in. I'll never forget. We brought in uh, fourteen hundred ish cadets in my class and they said you know look to your left look to your right one of you is not going to be there and that was a hundred percent the truth so it it was it was tough back then that was when they did you know the hazing was it was a real deal you know we would get woken up in the middle of the night and we'd have inspections in the morning and they really messed with you so it was yeah interesting what was the biggest thing you learned being there the biggest thing i learned not to be afraid to be a woman There's a lot of, I think, women that I saw through that process that felt as though they had to be like men Mm -hmm. or be overly feminine. And I just found comfort in just being who I was. And yes, I'm a woman, so there's physiological things I can't do, but I can also do these things. And so I think that gave me a lot of comfort in who I was, not just my sexual identity, (laughs) 
scratch that, take that back. You know what I meant. Yes, we knew what you meant. My gender. Yes. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, getting the giggles. Yeah, so, and then the other thing I learned is, um, you know, everyone associates leadership with being around good leaders, but sometimes the best leadership moments you take with you are being around really bad leaders. And yes. we had a lot of those. We oh. had, we had, um, there's one story I tell my kids all the time. There was one um, of my classmates and his name was Culkin. I don't remember his first name. And I just remember his last name because he was always getting yelled at. And he was about my height. So he was short in stature and he was kind of a spaz. And, but his grandfather had went to West Point and his dad had gone to West Point. And this was like his life dream to go to West Point. And he just couldn't get his act together. And I remember he, he was the nicest kid ever. Aww. Nicest kid. They put him in the middle of the quad. We have like a quad. And he had, they made him yell, sir, I am a spaz over and over. And I remember people were throwing things out their windows at him, like water and stuff. And and Gosh. I just remembered watching him. And he was doing it, sir, I am a spaz, sir, I am a until his voice started to break because mm-hmm. he was crying. And mm-hmm. then he left. And so at that moment, I realized Okay, like Holy this. There's a type of leader you need to be, and this is not it. So, so to it sounds your- like bullying more than <laughs> anything. I mean, well, I can just imagine in West Point there was a lot uh, of things that were probably well, it not. It was just it's you, you know you, you're earning your right, and and yeah. you know so they mental put, toughness. They they try to weed you out early, and um, I don't think they do much of that anymore because we need good officers. So. After I graduated, I was commissioned. I was I was actually engaged too to another cadet and. Do you even know that shit? No, I no, didn't know that. Look, the secrets are coming <laughs> out on this. this. I was engaged to, and he was a football player. And so we um, were engaged, and we go to officer training, and we were supposed to go to a stateside location, and they threw a monkey wrench in that and said, you're going to Germany. And I panicked because- Both of you or just you? Just me at the time. Mm-hmm. So I panicked because- the, I was like, how am I going to dry my hair? Because they have funky electrical outlets. I don't speak the language. I don't know anything about Germany. And my fiance was going somewhere totally different. Oh. So I flew into where he was, which was in Missouri. And then we had a, we had a wedding. <laughs> we got married. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Wait, oh. stop. Stop the presses. Wait, stop. What? Yes. You were you you actually got married. You don't know this? No, I do oh, know yeah, this. Yeah, I got married. I'm yeah. Not... We were yeah. So we got married so he could join me in Germany. So 21 years old, never been to Germany, was completely not ready to be married. Oh my. And so the, and then I dropped into Germany and um I was there for 6 years. We were married for 2 years and then we decided we're too young. Yeah. We're, let's just be friends. <laughs> so did you see him in those 2 years? If you were in Germany. Very rarely. That right? was part of the problem. That's a tough way to so, start off. So, marriage. no, he was in Germany, but he just was stationed, like, we would see each other, like, maybe once, one weekend out of the month. So, we kind of were like, this is ridiculous, and we're young and fun, and let's just be young and fun. And so, he's still a very close friend of mine, actually. That's great. Yeah, he's a great guy. So, I was there, and I got to do some fascinating things and be involved in um, little skirmishes here and there, which was great. And I got to see all of Europe. Not like I want to now because we we were, you know, lieutenants don't have a lot of cash. But, you know, we'd get in the, the little Volkswagen bus and we would drive here and there and ski in Austria and 
Switzerland and six years of that. Yeah, yeah. right. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. You do in your youth is go in the Volkswagen and whatever. I mean, it's a different mentality when you're that age, too. Yes. And, And what was really great about it was I looked very young for my age and my soldiers thought I was a child prodigy for a long time. <laughs> like a Doogie Hauser. <laughs> they called me, well, my, my married name at that time, I was, I was Lieutenant Farnsworth. That was my first married name. They called me Doogie Farnsworth behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! And finally, one of them was brave enough to say, were you one of those guys? And da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. So it's really like it gave me a lot of substance because I had to get in front of a group of men and women, many of whom could be my mom and dad, they were at that age, and figure out how to lead and inspire their confidence and their trust and everything. So it was it was a really wonderful experience. I think had I gone to a regular college and didn't do the military, I, I might still be at somewhere like UCLA partying, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Anyways, and then when, when I decided to get out, I was recruited by the CIA, and I didn't want to do that. And my father said, you don't want to do that. And so I kind of now, like when I read Tom Clancy novels, think, God, I should have done that. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> that would have like, been pretty cool. Yeah. I want to yeah. be like Carrie from Homeland. You know, like, what did I, I missed the boat. I, I mean, seen. I feel like even just being able to say you were recruited by the CIA is a good part of your story. Well, well, you know what? You, you know, f- Lisa, f- can you say that? Yeah, I don't really <laughs> want to go after her. My background's not quite <laughs> so interesting. Right. And, and plus I, was airborne. So when you jump out of perfectly good planes, that somehow checks the box for the CIA. So um, anyway, so I kind of weighed options and decided that it was time for me to um, throw my hat in the corporate America ring. So I decided to be a consultant so I can actually learn business. So I went up to the Bay Area. I did that for a while with an organization and then kind of got the high tech entrepreneurial bug in me. And I started my first company. And then I sold it. And through that process, that's how I met my husband, who was also in high tech. So I sold my company and then got pregnant and then decided, okay, maybe I'll be a mom for a little bit. And then we got tired of the Bay Area. So we moved to La Jolla. And then I had my second son. And then I got the bug again. So then I started another company. And then I sold that. And then I started another company, and it almost killed me. And so then I said, it's time for me just to be a mom. And that's what I've been doing, and I've been loving it. And I haven't missed any game or any opportunity. And I really relish the fact that I I can say that. Um, I'm kind of tired of making lunches during the pandemic because I don't think I should be doing that. (laughs) So let's start a podcast so we have an excuse not to make real cheese every day because he should be at school. Um, Anyway, so that's that's my background. Long-winded, but there you go. There you go. A whole lot of something. And I'm sure there's so many other things that you could have added to that to make it even better. I mean, it's a great background. Not going to lie. I've only been arrested five times. (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, you want to go next? (laughs) Yeah, let me just follow up with jumping out of airplanes and being recruited by the CIA. Um, So, yeah. Wow. I'm just not as exciting, but I love my background. I love my background. So we'll chat about it. So college for me looked a little different. I put myself through college. And so I did a junior college to start and then jumped around um, to different colleges for various reasons. My program was getting dropped. It was one of those things. But you know, Lori, listening to what you were saying, I feel like all those things that we learned in those younger years built this perseverance and this grit and this way where, you know, sometimes I think kids when they have like a really easy path and everything's laid out for them, they don't get that same kind of grit. So I know I got a lot of grit in college from all the moves and all the transitions. 
I had met my husband during that time. So we did actually a long distance relationship for four years before we actually were together and got married. So it's kind of another part of just building trust and, you know, all the things. So that part of my background I love. So I started out um, my career as a registered dietitian. So always love health and wellness. If anyone who knows me knows that that's my passion. And we're, then, not, we're not allowed to eat Snicker bars in front of her. <laughs> no, you can always have a Snicker bar and I might have a bite. So I worked as a registered dietitian and then we moved to San Diego and I got into real estate. So I, when we had our son, I always knew I wanted to work. I knew I wanted to keep a career path, but I wanted something that was flexible. So I got into real estate, super fun. We worked with a great team of women, but you know, it was one of those things where I worked every day like seven days a week. And kind of what you were saying, Lori, I really wanted to be present. I wanted to see Jacob, um, you know, play like his sports and be involved in all the things. And so about 14 years ago, um, along with being a mom, I was introduced to um, a network marketing company called Arbonne. And I thought it was some little thing that my friend was doing, whatever, I'll buy an eye cream. Well, I ended up building it on the side of real estate to where I could be really present with my son. So my favorite part about my business now is just I meet tons of women. I meet women of all ages. So just being a part of this podcast and all our guests and all the people that come in, I think that we can learn so much from everybody's story. And I love empowering people. And I just love being able to put like health, nutrition, fitness all that as a priority and helping people do that same thing. So my background's kind of diverse, but it's all about health and nutrition and being my own boss. I think in all the things I've done, you become kind of officially unemployable where you never want to be told where to be, what time to be there, any of that. So my career's just kind of morphed. And now that Jacob is off in college, it's fun because I have this huge organization. I work with incredible people and it's just all about helping people get you know, healthy from the inside out. So that's my story. Well, and I just have to add to that, that I actually met Shannon through my niece, who is part of her organization. And I think it's really great because the first thing I noticed about you was this positivity and this go get him attitude and the earnestness and all of that, which is kind of why we're at the table together, right? So I think all of the things that you've done, it definitely comes out from you um, every day and everything you do. So... Well, thank you. I know because we met for lunch and then you're like, hey, I have this idea. I'm like, an idea from Lori is going to be a good idea. And just with all the companies that you've built and different things, I'm always intrigued by people who've started something or built something or have their own business. I love supporting people that have their own businesses and just startups or whatever it is. So that's, yeah, that's kind of my background. How about you, Lisa? Well, um, I, we actually have very um, similar, we have a lot of similarities. We both are married 25 years. Uh, we both went to junior college. I went the junior college route also. I, you know, was definitely from that generation. My parents were you know, so different from today. Yeah. I mean, my parents wouldn't have known how to get me to college, never spoke to anyone at my school. And that's just how it was back then. And so um, I went the junior college route also and then transferred um transferred and finished college. And my first job out of college was my first real job was really my main job until I stopped. Um, I worked for um, Hershey Chocolate, a big corporation, oh, well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> biggest chocolate company in the world. And um, I was green. I was 22 as a baby. And I just uh, right out of college went into sales for them. And my career just grew. I just kept 
growing, promoting. I managed teams. I went and did training things. And I enjoyed it along the way. And the thing probably that I enjoyed the least was the sales portion of it. I never saw myself as a salesperson. I always saw myself as um, someone, a trainer, a mentor, somebody who I just love training. Yeah. So I wanted my career to go in that way. And um, the hard part with big corporations like that and back then, yeah, we had barely the internet. But that was, I mean, there was no social media or any of that is nothing was remote. You had to relocate and you had to go to Pennsylvania if you wanted to be in that department. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had an opportunity to become the trainer for our Los Angeles division for our new software. We were rolling out this new software for our whole company and they, I was able to be our area. And so I was so excited because that was when I was vacillating, I'm like, you know, I was coming up in my career when being a stay-at-home mom was incredibly popular in the wave. Everyone was going mm-hmm. in that direction. And I I really wanted to be present in my kids' lives because I grew up a latchkey kid. And this is nothing against my parents. My parents worked. And I, from a very young age, I'd have to let myself in at home. I would get scared from the sounds. That's when I became a nap taker. Because if I slept, I didn't hear the scary sounds. And I just was very lonely. When I think back on my childhood, I have an amazing childhood, but it feels lonely. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want my girls to feel that. And so I really was trying to figure out how my career was going to fit in with me being present with my kids and um, not move and relocate. So I had a pivotal moment where I think life just kind of happens and it tells you what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And um, I was in... I was in Las Vegas with some clients and we were, we had just done their whole marketing plan and, and I was leaving straight from Las Vegas to Chicago and I was pregnant. Was that with your first baby? Yes. Yes. So I was leaving straight from Vegas to Chicago to train uh, for my training program that I was going to be training our teams. I got to the airport, checked my bags and started hemorrhaging. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Right in the airport. And immediately, like, in tons of pain. I, would, you know, ran to the restroom. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? My luggage is gone. Everything, it was like, all of a sudden, I just started crashing. All of my systems in my body just started, like, shutting down. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I knew what was going on. But I would think my body was in shock. And... I called a colleague that was still in town because a bunch of us were in town. He came and got me and took me to the hospital and I had a miscarriage. And it was the moment, that was the moment that I knew that my career wasn't going to go the way I wanted it to go because they had to immediately replace me because Chicago was still happening. They were still having, they were training those people. So they had to fill my spot at the last minute. And there went my career in tra- like in the direction I was hoping it would go. And I was I was heartbroken because I had just miscarried. And I was heartbroken because my career had just changed before my eyes. And at that point, after I got over everything, I decided, well, there's my answer. Right. My answer is I'm supposed to be a mom right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And at that time, it was, like I said, really common. And so I opted out. I was the opt-out mom. I 
completely after I stayed on for two more years. And when I had my second daughter um, and we got our, you know, life ready, Sean, again, he got promoted right when I was going to have our second daughter and was going to be traveling. And it was just, it was time. It presented itself. Life presented itself. And so uh, I became a stay-at-home mom. And I was that mom that uh, there was no, you know, internet as far as like, it was MySpace back then. And that was not my generation. Were you on MySpace? No, yeah, I didn't know like, about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about any of it until mm-hmm. it was already gone. Yeah. And I was at some mom speak and they were talking about their kids being on it. And I had babies and I'm like, oh, I got to protect my babies from this MySpace. I didn't do anything that would have connected me or kept me relevant with the upcoming millennials of the world and and all of that. And so when it came time for me to consider going back to work, I thought, who's going to want me? I'm not relevant. I don't have any of this experience that these younger kids have. I guess I better stick with what I know. And so I kept at it. And in the meantime, I was running boards and getting super involved with my kids And all of that experience was very applicable, but I didn't see it that way. I saw that as mommy experience and not real world experience, even though it was. Mm -hmm. So that was big. And then um, I just, you know, Sean's always been frustrated with me about that. He's like, you don't see your value like you should, you know. And so then I just kind of let life happen. I just kind of always believed that things would happen organically. And then they have every Every step along the way, from my first job back to just working at my daughter's school to then my girlfriend asking me to help her with her startup, and I helped her do that for five years, and now I'm going into our family business, and that's actually very exciting, so I'm starting that along with this podcast, and it's all starting, and it just all happened organically, but... Well, it's nice how everything just lines up. You know, it always does. I think each of us, if you look at the doors that close and the ones that open, and I think as our listeners are listening, you kind of think of their path and what they've been on. And those that are home with the kids, it's like really value that, value that time and value what you've been able to contribute to running your family, being present, all those things. So, and it's fun to just see what you're up to now. Well, I just have to say that I have known Lisa for 16 plus years And honestly, never heard that story. And I am so appreciative sitting here. You can't see the emotion in her face and in her eyes, but um, sharing that was big. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Anyway, I guess I'll follow suit and just kind of put myself out there. It's not unique, but I did lose my mom when I was 15. And so I do relate to loss and I do relate to being a latchkey kid because my dad really struggled financially once my my mom was kind of the bread earner, interestingly enough, back then. And because he was kind of had, he was a sales guy, so were good times, bad times. And um, she was sick for a very long time. I think sixth grade, she was sick. And then they misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, and then um, eventually passed when I was a sophomore. And a sad story, because you never want to lose your mom, but um, it put me into high gear to get my shit together very fast. And that's what I did. So a lot of people say, wow, what inspired you to go to West Point? And you've done all these things in your life. And you got this hyper-functional personality. And it's because I was in a situation where I had to. 
that's there was no other option. Shannon. Yeah. And I, you know, it's so interesting because you do look at each each person has their own story and their own unique challenges and loss and heartbreak and all of the things. And it just, you know, is a way to have that path be your life. And it's kind of what you do with with that and and getting like we talked about earlier, like that perseverance, that grit, because that had to be such a hard time, Lisa, when you were making those decisions and going through that and Lori losing your mom when you're a kid, like no one should go through that. Mm -hmm. But then you look at what you where you are now and where you are now, Lisa, it's like it's just amazing how life unfolds like that. Especially in these ten times five years, I'm telling you, there's a lot of there's a lot that happens. A lot. A lot that happens. So, um, earthquake. earthquake. <laughs> we just got some new sound system that's really amazing. So but there we it go. Picks, it picks up picks everything. It up. Yes. But um, all right. So now we want to move on to kind of our last little topic that we're going to talk about before we do something really fun. So what makes each of us unique? So I think we kind of thought of something that probably most people haven't had happen in their life, or just something that makes us unique. So Lisa, what about you? Well, uh, when I touched on the fact that I have three girls, I think it was very fitting because my world growing up was always surrounded by a community of women. And that was because I grew up in a hair salon. Um, Well, it was actually a nail salon. My mom and aunt had the very first um, acrylic nail salon in San Diego, and it was called Porcelain Nail Shop. And it was the beginning of acrylic nails. And they were hairstylists and and they just thought, oh, look at this new thing. Well, anyway, they went on. My mom and dad owned two or three salons. And, you know, my mom always didn't always want me in the salon because that's where the women were. And they wanted to talk, grown-up talk. And, you know, we didn't want little kids in there. But I was there enough. And I think it was kind of neat because my parents were a little ahead of their time. Back then, you didn't. You just got acrylic nails, you didn't get manicures, and you really didn't get pedicures unless you were at a very, very high-end spa. It just didn't happen like it is today. And so my parents built a bar, and we, all the women, sat in bar stools and got their nails done. And it was one long bar that worked through the whole salon, and all the women had standings. So if you came in at 9 o'clock on a Friday, you knew you were always going to see Sandy next to you. Her nine o'clock on Friday. So the women, the customers became friends and the salon, uh, the people who worked in the salon. And then being a part of that, I had so many aunties and so many people looking out for me in my life. And it was just a beautiful community. It was definitely uh, still Magnolias. I mean, that on a, you know, a little bit more. Are you Julia Roberts? <laughs> she has well, Julia Roberts' hair. She has Julia Roberts' hair for, <laughs> for sure. sure. It, well, let me just tell you, I was away at college when I saw that movie, and I came home, and I, I had been bawling, and my mom said, it was that bad. I said, it was pretty close to home, Mom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was Oh, and a really cute little story. My dad would always do my mom's banking for her, and he would have me do it so I could learn. And he would hand me the checks at the end of the week, and he'd say, okay. You put the checks in order. Here's your little project. Stamp the back for deposit. And there was always this one business check that would mess up my stack. And it was O'Coin Construction. And that was my mother-in-law. And I was 10 at the time. And I'll never forget that dang check messing up my pile. And my mother-in-law, and I didn't know she was going to be my mother-in-law. She was a customer. I remember her well. My husband remembers having to go sometimes and going down to the pet store and... Hating going because, you know, 
But anyway, yeah, growing up in that environment, now we have a beauty salon in our house. I mean, I do the girls' hair, their eyebrows, their everything, just because it's so natural to what I grew up in. Yeah, with three daughters doing it at home, you're saving a lot of money. Saving a lot of money. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right, Lori, let's hear your unique thing. You know, I kind of struggled with this because I I feel like there's a lot of different things I've done, but I get a fun story. So when I met my husband, we I chose not to, to go out on dates. We became friends, and then he became a mentor. And then when I sold my company, um, he was really darling. He sent over a pen set for me to sign my deal, which was great. And then I finally agreed to go out on a date with him. So we went out on a dinner date, and... We had a great time, and although we're very, very different, we had very similar values and such great conversation, and I I just adored his presence. And so he called me up, and so the one thing growing up that I connected with with my mom is was we love Hollywood and we love movie stars, and we would always watch the Oscars together. And I would say, if there's one thing in this world I could do is go to the Oscars. So. Masood calls me up and he says, hey, what are you doing? And he says the date. And I go, I don't know. I'm probably working. And he goes, would you like to go to the Oscars? Our second date we had, we went to the Oscars. And I thought, okay. And so I told him my friends, I'm going to the Oscars. And I was kind of struggling financially because I just, just sold my company. But I hadn't been paying myself. So I got a really kind of on the rack dress. And, um, and I told my friends, I'm going to the Oscars. And no one believed me. And that was back when it was in the Shrine Auditorium and very few celebrities got to go to the Oscars. It was tiny. And so I thought, oh, we'll be in the nosebleed. But the the people that invited my husband, it was a customer to the Oscars, they're kind of real VIP, Carly Fiorina, you know her, she ran for president, had a head of I don't HP. Know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, incredible woman. Well, she got like the bubonic plague or something like <laughs> awful. And oh. so she was out. And so we got her seats. And so literally we were 10th row center. Wow. Oh, like Nicole Kidman was like, you know, they were in the front. With, she was still married to Tom Cruise. And anyways, and so here I was. And we're, we're Faye Dunaway's behind me. Screw her. <laughs> <laughs> You're in front of her. I got my like cheap, face it back I, there. I have my cheap off the rack, you know, dress. And I'm 10th row center. And, I'm, and, my, and my husband has no idea what's going on because he was not that guy. Like, he's just like, whatever. And so the first award of the night, you know, it's always kind of a goofy one. It was costume design. And they announced the winner. And... All of a sudden, these cameras come rolling in on us. And I'm, like, horrified. So it was the gal right next to me. So there I was on TV. So all your friends could see. All my friends are like, oh, my gosh, you went to the... So anyways, that's kind of unique. That's awesome. That's a really good, unique story. That is a great story. And not only that... And of course, I had to marry him after that. I mean, how... (laughs) Right. Take me to the Oscars, done. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? You had to be thinking of your mom a little bit, too. Uh, that's wink. awesome. Yeah. All right, Shannon. Well, once again, <laughs> let me just follow up that. Um, no, so I think, you know, there's a lot of things that come to mind, but I think one of the things that um, is really unique that not a lot of people have done is when my husband and I were married, I think we were married for probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 years because our son was four years old. We went on a trip to Maui and we came back to Seattle. And it was one of those winters where um, it just rained and poured. And it was just like, how can we live in this? So we just decided at, 
We were in our early 30s. We decided we were going to sell our house, pack up a U-Haul, and move to San Diego. And we didn't have jobs. We didn't have anything lined up. We just had a lot of faith and a lot of vision and a lot of dreams of just living somewhere sunny. And I think all of our friends thought we were crazy. They're like, what are they doing? Because we had good jobs and we were kind of set up in Seattle. But it's one of the things I'm most proud of, that we just had a lot of guts back then to do that. And um, we packed it up. We came down to San Diego. We bought a condo sight unseen. And I'll never forget um, driving up to that condo going, okay, I hope we like this. And we just figured it out. And each of the steps, if I look back through the years and I look back at where we were when we first got here and then just sort of my husband's career path, my career path, what our son has done, it's like one of those moments where you think, gosh, life would have been so different if we would have stayed in Seattle. There's a lot of opportunities that wouldn't have come and just getting out of our comfort zones and figuring it out. So um, I just, I, I love kind of doing stuff like that where you're like, I'm going to be really brave because I don't know at 50 years old if I would do that right now. No, absolutely. Right? Like, mm-hmm. but I think we had a lot of, I don't know. It was before That's the housing cool market crashed too. So we were kind of <laughs> living the life with our, the house that we had bought in Seattle because it had done well, you know, right, for, sure. for for back then. But yeah, that's one thing that makes me unique. So Well, that makes you brave. That is unique. Not everyone can do pull trigger like that. That's just kind of fun. So we got the Oscars, we got Steel Magnolias, and we got Packet of U-Haul. There you go. It's <laughs> a nice, I nice love collection. It. I love it. All right. So what are we doing next? Okay. So, so. We have, you know, if you've been listening, you know about Lowe's Lightning Round and, and the other two gaggle here. They get involved. Well, we're all going to get involved. And so we're going to do kind of a lightning round, but we're all going to ask questions. And what I did this time is I, I came up with these surprise questions. So, again, the gals have not, they don't know what the questions are going to be, but they're going to draw them out of a pile. And we're just going to go through them and have a little fun. And hopefully you get to know us even more. Yes. Ask and you shall receive, right? All right. Okay. So I'll start with the first one. Okay. Okay. What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh. You got one, Lisa? I got one. Yeah. So I had to have my wisdom teeth pulled when I was 21. I was home during the summer, college. And the oral surgeon was really, really good looking. He was probably, you know, young 30s. So handsome. So I had my wisdom teeth pulled, and it's summer, and I, my, I'm in a lot of pain. It's like a week later, and I go back for the checkup, and I'm like, something's wrong. It really hurts. And so they're like, oh, okay, lay back. They take this Q-tip with, dipped in some kind of orange stuff, and they shove it in each hole, and the smell, like, literally, I start spinning, and I faint. I... I all of a sudden realized that I fainted when I start to become conscious with, is she out? Is she out? Hello? And I feel this hot wetness flowing. I was peeing right in the dentist (laughs) chair, right in front of the gorgeous surgeon. It was the most horrifying moment of any 21-year-old girl, anyone's life, but let alone a 21-year-old college student. And my eyes pop open. And there he is staring at me. And I, oh, God, does he know? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a good one. It was awful. That's a good one. Um, gosh, 
the the very first thing that popped in my head, I don't even know. I know there's got to be some better ones. Um, but when I was in college, um, my younger brother wrecked and totaled my car. So I had to be on a bike for a couple of quarters, I think it was at that college. And it was really raining and it was snowing, I believe. And I'm riding my bike to class and somehow my tire got stuck. In, I'm in the middle of campus, tons of people around. I'm in the middle of campus and I run off the road, totally bike crash. You know, I'm just a hot mess. <laughs> and I people are trying to help me and I'm like, it's okay. I'm like carrying my bike to class. Well, what I didn't realize is I like had literally mascara, like all all over my face from riding in the snow. So when I went in the bathroom to clean myself up because I was cut everywhere, I looked like I had been, I don't even know. So survived that, the nuclear something. That movie of something. Nuclear, yeah. I was slightly annoyed that my brother had wrecked my car well, at that point. I have a similar story. I was madly in love with someone who lived on the other street from me. His name's Darren Puckett. Self-proclaimed jumbo. Um, what if Darren Puckett's listening? I know. He won't be. <laughs> Darren, are you listening? Because you're not jumbo. Um Anyways, I had a paper route. So I had a paper route in seventh and eighth grade, you know. Yes. I, and um, I don't know if you guys recall, well, we used to actually do the paper route on bikes. Yes. My brother and, had one, and, and I would Wednesday go with him. Wednesday and Saturday and Sundays were the worst because it was insert day. So you had to fold all these inserts. And I was this little <laughs> tiny thing, and I had my Schwinn Beach Cruiser, and I had my bag, my saddlebags with all the papers. And I like to porch every paper so I get big tips. And there was a really heavy insert day. And I was like, and Darren and, and Scott Wilbur were playing basketball out front. And I went up to porch the paper, and then I kind of took too sharp of a turn. <laughs> and the whole weight of the bike just collapsed on me. Aww. And I I was like the turtle on his back and I couldn't get up and they're watching me bouncing the ball and I liked him so much and, he <laughs> and then uh, I was like can I get a little help please <laughs> anyway we still laugh about it because I literally was pinned anyways oh. okay next question next question all right let me pull one out all right here we go what is your love language I think mine is positive affirmation I love it when someone out of the blue or whatever takes the time to point out something they like about me or something good I've done or if I've done something neat and make them feel good. I concur with that. I like that and probably physical touch. If it's the lead from um, Bridgerton, it's physical touch for me too. Actually, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting it out I'm there. Just Sorry, babe. Out there. Sorry, babe, if you're listening. <laughs> yep. I forgot. Is it an acts of service one? Like yeah. I like acts of service yeah. too. Like oh, if that's you, a good one. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's mine is acts of one is acts of service, and then it's funny because my husbands are all like quality time, words of affirmation, like all those, and he's so sweet, and I'm just like. I guess I grew up with three brothers and I'm just like, all right, let's just get stuff done. So if anyone has not read the love, like it's what your love language book. book is, you should definitely yeah. do that. Highly recommend it. Okay. What was the first band you ever saw live? Bon Jovi. Ooh, good one. JBJ. I love him. I touched him. <gasps> mm -hmm. I went all the way to the front and he stopped when he was singing and held my hand for about 10 seconds. Oh, that's better than the Oscar story right, right there. Oh, you know what? I should have said that ever. I had a life size that's poster a good in my room. Yeah. Wow. wow. Mm -hmm. Mine was you too. Oh, uh, Joshua too. Tree. And it was my first concert. And with all my experienced girlfriends. That, that was a great concert. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Mine was in excess. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. And I loved NXS. And so it was at the Hollywood Palladium. And I 
move my way to the front and I turn to my friend, I go, as soon as that security guard moves to the right, I'm getting on stage and you're coming with me, right? She's like, I'm coming with you. And I I thought, she's not coming with me. Well, sure enough, I, I was hurtling amplifiers and there I was on stage with the lead singer and it was awesome. That's awesome. That that's a awesome. fun that's a fun band. A lot of dancing within excess. There is. All right. What show could you watch over and over and over again besides Bridgerton? Mm. <laughs> Any other show that the lead actors know? Um Friends. Friends is a good one. Seinfeld kids are into it. Schitt's Creek. The Those Office. Are- we, the office. I never got into the I office. I never got into it either. I have to say, we never ever watched it until 2020, and we, the three of us, sat down and watched it. We laughed every episode. It's kind of inappropriate, though. I can't believe they said some of the things that they said, but oh, really? I, it's. Uh, I'm not a big TV show watcher. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't. I can't think of anything really. But you used but to be like I used to with be friends, obsessed right? with Friends. Oh, now my kids know it were, way right? better than I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Friends was good. Friends is. Do you have um, one that you can do? Biggest regret. Biggest regret. I don't have a lot of regrets and things I've done other than getting a tattoo. Oh. Yeah. yeah that's, My that's sister talked one. me into getting a tattoo. Kim, if you're listening, don't deny it. You did. Let's get tattoos. Let's get sister tattoos. And unfortunately, we had a rookie tattoo artist. Ooh. And so I got mine. And then she looked at mine and said, I'm out. Oh, <gasps> wow. No. Oh my god! Do you know I have a bad tattoo story too? You d- get out. Yeah. So blaze. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the same as yours though. So we had this whole girls' weekend planned. We were all going to get tattoos, and I'm like, okay, sweet. So two of two out of the three of us got them. <laughs> the other girls like, no way. Um, and mine was a little Aztec sun. I loved it on my hip. Oh my god! That's loved it. Like mine. Right. It was like I would get bathing suits that showed it because I was like 20 years old. Well, what they don't tell you is really consider where you get a tattoo after you get pregnant. Because after you get oh. pregnant and you go back down, my little cute Aztec son now looks like a sheriff's badge. Oh. Oh it's horrible. Okay. So we now buy bathing suits that cover. You do realize that. The sheriff's badge. You're going to be showing me your sheriff's badge. Well, later. and you realize it's in a spot, thank the Lord, that is easily hidden. Yeah, yeah me too. Every once in a while, a few little sharp edges come out and people go, do you have a tattoo there? I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> it's my nope. sheriff's badge. <laughs> you're under arrest. What? What is yours, Lise? I don't have a tattoo. I mean, no one is sure. Um... Oh gosh, I don't. Mm, I don't really have. I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Nothing that's obviously haunted me my whole life. Um, you know, I regret. I didn't when I figured out I could sing. I regret. I never didn't really try to do anything with singing. Now I'm too old and I don't sing as good as I used you to. You are a songbird. I'm a songbird, but you get you like get my, her you get her going at a party and she will she'll bust out some good tunes. But I um I don't ha- I can't sing as well as I used to. My voice has gotten really grand granular. Well, you like, know what? I've gotten old. Guess what? Well, look, perfect opportunity for our listeners to be the judge of that. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. I think so. Right. So, okay. The last question, and um, you know, we like to have fun with songs. So, um, and Shannon hates a it. A couple of us like to have fun with because songs because <laughs> she doesn't think she can sing. But we're going to get her to sing this one. Guilty pleasure song. Mm. What is your guilty pleasure song? Well, I like anything Pitbull, so I like 
Fireball. Fireball. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have a guilty pleasure song. I, but people you like always... to play in the car and like you don't oh. want to admit that you're playing it and singing to it. You know, one of those kind of mm-hmm. deals. It's usually like some big, big power ballad that I don't have the guts to sing in front of other people, but I can't. I don't like, oh, I like love I Will song? Survive. That's a oh, yeah, that's party song. That's a yeah. fun one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I, my guilty pleasure song um, is Sweet Caroline. Oh. And it's been even better for me this year because it's everything we haven't been able to do. So I think that if we could just break out in a little Sweet Caroline. Would you oh. guys be willing to do that with me today? You know, Neil Diamond's close to my heart. So. Neil Diamond. All right. Neil's front okay. center. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you're listening, I, I know you secretly want to bring out your songbird. No, I really <laughs> don't. That's what I'm saying. I, don't, I can't sing like I used okay, to. Okay, I got all kidding, old. Okay. And all right, you guys know the lyrics, rambly. right? Just listen to me sing, Lisa. You'll feel like you can sing really well. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hey. Touching hands, reaching out, not anymore, touching me, touching you. All right, everybody. Sweet Caroline, bum, bum, bum. Good times never seem so good. So good, so good, so good. So good. I've been inclined to believe they never would, but now I... Okay, see, that wasn't so hard, Blaze. You got Hey, good. I made it. We she survived. She was even chair dancing a little bit, yep. so... You can't um, help but move in your chair to little Neil. Neil Diamond is... Yeah. He's he's my guy. He's your guy? Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you very, very much for tuning in and listening to yes. all of our stories. I think we went on and on in some areas, but um, nonetheless, you got, now you know what you now got. Now you know what you got. Good and bad, baby. Yes. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. Keep letting us know about your ideas. We so appreciate those that have reached out, and we will catch you next time. Have a great day and make it a 10. Follow us on Instagram at She's a 10 times 5 and click on the link on our bio to listen. You can also listen to She's a 10 times 5 on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.